Hey guys, welcome to the Calm Within Fit. And I am one of your hosts, Diamond. And I'm Jen. And today we are actually going to be discussing and introducing you to what being a doormat looks like. And for me, I'm now living in my dream girl era. And Jen, what about you? I'm still on my healing journey um, to getting closer to my dream girl era. I'm, I know the red signs. I just have to do a better job of sticking through with it. When I'm being tested, the red flags come back again. Like Diamond said, we are just giving up based off personal experience. Or for me, some of the feedback my therapist has given me, we are not mental health specialists to a degree. So please don't take it in that context. We have no PhD behind our life experiences. (laughs) There are like different scenarios and situations that will put you in a position of being a doormat. Most people think physical or sexual, and then that's where it stops. But it goes so far beyond that. You have verbal abuse, you have mental abuse, you have emotional abuse, financial abuse, and you also have a such thing called cultural abuse. Me being a doormat comes from is mental and emotional abuse. And that's something that I've struggled with for so, so many years from being really, really young all the way to my adult years. And it's just recent, I would say in the last seven years when I had my son, that the light bulb kind of just went off and I realized that, okay, wait a minute. Why do I feel like I'm walking on eggshells all the time? Why do I do this? And so I started just kind of doing some groundwork research and trying to identify what it is that I'm going through or been going through and realizing, oh my gosh, that I have been a subject to this such thing as mental and emotional abuse. Typically, emotional and verbal go hand in hand, but I won't say that I really have dealt with a whole lot of verbal abuse. It has definitely been a mental thing and it has triggered my emotions, which has also triggered me suffering from anxiety. It affects my thought process throughout the day. It piles up days and days and days, turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years of this. It took the last seven years to really, really start turning things around. And the way that I turn things around is by creating boundaries. And boundaries have worked so much for me, but it's also put me in a place of of being the villain now in my life. And we'll get into that more, but I want Jen to go ahead and open up on what has made you a doormat. I guess it's a little bit of cultural, emotional, verbal and physical abuse. And I realized that it was kind of just ingrained into me from a young age. I was always kind of taught to believe that my wants and needs were second behind everyone else's. And it wasn't really until COVID that I started dealing, when we were all locked inside, that I was starting, it was like all the pressure was starting to get to me because parents wanted me to come home. And of course, I'm in New York City at this time. I can't go back to Atlanta. And that's when I started speaking with a therapist. Um, And I recently found one that I really love because I also had really, really bad anxiety and CPTSD and depression. But I'm on some anti-anxiety medication right now. And it's really 
really helped for once in my life. My brain does not feel like it's thinking all day, every day, or I can like stop having those obsessive thoughts. I guess just growing up in my family, I was the middle child. I just always felt like I was walking on eggshells too. The sad part is I don't even fully understand why I just came to accept that everyone mattered more than me. But as I've gotten older and I've hit my 30s, I'm 36 now, I've just realized that I deserve to be happy. I'm a truly good person. I love with all of my heart. I'm loyal to whoever's in my life. I always have your back. But I finally have reached my point with people where I'm just like, I can't. I'm giving my all. And then I see almost nothing in return. And that's not good enough. So just to give you a general statement of what the definition of a doormat would be. It's just a mat that people walk all over. That is symbolic to you feeling like in my life, I'm either a people pleaser that people take advantage of, or I'm a person who doesn't, who strays away from conflict. And so people take advantage of that. Or people that and, trigger your guilt to make and, you feel bad about situations that don't make them happy. So it doesn't matter if you're happy as long as they're happy. Minds come from feeling scared to make the other person unhappy or feeling scared to lose the relationship. I was never going to lose the relationship, but that person made me feel that way. And so I spent so many years just being their shadow, if that makes sense. And so then what that did was it affected other relationships that I had with other people. Because if that particular person didn't want me to have a relationship and choose them over other people, then that's what I did. Yes, same here. And For me, it was always putting my needs on the back burner or feeling like I needed to earn your love or someone's love, whether it was a friendship, relationship, whatever it was, I needed to prove to you that I was worthy of love. I realized through every, all of the relationships I've been in, friendship-wise or romantic, that it's something that I could, I continued to allow to happen over and over and over again, even though I see all the red flags, even though I end up in tears at the end of it all the time. I just go back to my people pleasing ways, my trying to earn your love to prove to you that I'm worth it. But I have nothing to prove to you or anyone that I'm worthy of love. I know I'm a good person. I always have the best intentions behind everything I do. I always try my best to treat people as best as possible because I think from personal experience, it, that's a main trigger for me when you treat people poorly. I don't really have much respect for people who treat people like crap, which is funny because I deal with it all the time. But if I'm still allowing myself to be surrounded by people that make me feel bad about myself all the time, then I'm not doing anything to improve my situation. And right now I'm all about what can I do to improve my situation and continue to improve myself so I feel better but also I teach people how to treat me. Do you think that the culprit behind who's put us in these positions in our lives, would you say that it was an issue that happened to them in their life? Yes, definitely. My family, as a child, your opinion didn't matter. 
your feelings did not matter. And just kind of had to deal with it. Your parents yelled at you, spanked you, whatever they wanted. And you were just supposed to be okay five minutes later. You're supposed to automatically forgive and move on with your life. I see now the importance of it allowing your children to express their emotions. I don't believe in forcing a child to hug and kiss everyone because sometimes kids are trying to tell you things that they may not be able to communicate with their words. And I think if I was taught earlier on that I mattered and my feelings mattered, I may not have continued down that road of constantly feeling like I was not a priority in any situation. And I think that's another big issue that stems from it is that our parents were kind of taught to be, I guess, maybe polite to everyone, friends like with everyone. You grow up with this belief that you don't really even know who your friends are versus not your friends are because you're taught to put on a face and act a certain way with everyone. Basically almost allowing people to be however they want to be and you toe in line to appease them. At some point, we're all going to have our breaking point where you're just like, I can't deal with this anymore. This is insane for you to think that you can treat me, continue to treat me like this. If you start feeling that feeling in your heart or in your head that I don't like how I'm being spoken to, that's usually one of the first red flags of some sort of unevenness in the relationship that you can either discuss or maybe even decide if you still need this person in your life. So I want to talk a little bit on what it does look like being on the other side. So going from being a doormat to seeing that little flickering light, finally being able to cross and get through it at the end of the tunnel. When you are so depressed and you're going through so many anxieties and to the point where you're having breakdowns, where you're kind of scared to get out the bed and you can't you don't have like a therapist, you can't take the, the prescribed prescriptions because um, it's not making you feel good. And you're just forced to deal with getting through the mental health issue. You get a different type of strength. And that's why I definitely recommend if you are on medication, I definitely think you should consult with someone. I have someone that I speak to over three months to make sure that I'm okay mentally, because the first time they put me on, it, they put me on a very low dose and I just don't care. Like nothing matters to me. And she was like, honey, it seems like we need to increase your doses for a little bit. And I have to say, since that increase has happened, I felt a lot better. It feels good to wake up and be happy some days, most days, or at least have a more positive outlook on life. And we never really stopped to ask ourselves, am I happy with what I'm doing? Because we needed a job and we have to put more food on the table. But I really think that affects your mental health as well. If they can't treat you with respect, it really takes a toll on you. And that's why I just promised myself, not only in personal relationships, but all relationships, I just want to make sure that I am happy and I believe in what I'm saying or doing. So let me ask you this. What would you do differently? So let's say that you get, you know, hired in position tomorrow at another corporate America job that you love. You love the morals, the values, but then you get in there and you have this shitty boss. What would you actually do different this time around? Would you set boundaries with your boss? Would you be fearful that if you did set those boundaries that you'd be fired? Would you just be like, 
damn, I've been without a job? That's a really good question. And that's part of the reason why I started a marketing company and this podcast, because I don't ever want to be in that position again, where I have to stay in a miserable situation in a job because they disrespect me. But it's the only income I have coming in and I need to pay my bills. I believe it is important to set boundaries from the beginning. That's not something I've done. I've always wanted to prove to everyone that I can be at the best at everything I do. But the problem with always trying to be your best or do your best is that eventually you're going to hit a wall. You can't constantly improve from 100%. After you hit 100%, you can't just keep going in terms of or their expectations of you go higher. Like I had an co- old colleague who told me that everyone wants, exceeds expectations in their quarterly review. Problem with when you get exceeds is that your exceeds now become your new baseline of reality, how you'll be judged moving forward. So I can see that now how, because even at my old job, I went in 150, was super excited, wanted to show them I could learn everything really fast, do the work done well and correctly. And my colleagues like, dude, you came in too hard. You like showed them you came in at 150%. He's like, I came in at 80. I'm just riding that wave. And maybe that's something I need to learn too, because I don't know how to not give my all all the time. But at least I need, I can learn now what's acceptable and not acceptable. Just because you're my boss does not mean you can speak to me in any way possible. I am an adult. You're an adult speak to me with some kind of respect and decorum. Would you speak to a client like this? If not, do not speak to me like that. Wow. I ask that because I, to your point, I'm an entrepreneur, so I deal with me. (laughs) But I do deal with a lot of customers. And so customers teach you and they teach me. I'm the common denominator and I have to stay the same. So it doesn't matter what is going on in my life. I still have to show up to my job because I make or break the outcome, the success rate. Me too, all the time. But I think as someone who grew up mixed, I learned very quickly how to engage and be friends with everyone because I knew that I would have to change me a little bit to fit into the situation. But I also know there are certain things about me that I need to stick to. Like regulating your emotions is something you discuss a lot. There's always going to be people who don't like you, regardless of how nice or easygoing or you try to go with the flow as much as possible. People will always find a reason not to like you if they don't want to. Better to stick to your values and what you believe in. You just said something very profound, and it is I've always tried to or I've learned how to fit in the situation. That's my problem. I'm not sitting in the situation for the sake of if the situation isn't good. I can't do it. And I think it's because like I literally speak up. And when I speak out, I just tell the truth. It is so hard for me to fake it for the sake of or to fit in. I've had a situation dealing with someone, you know, in my personal life, family-wise, that I find has been disrespectful, dismissive, and disruptive to me. And I've had a talk with them. I thought that we got on a good path. We both agreed what our expectations behind our boundaries are. Um, I thought after having that conversation that I know 
what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And so I'm going to treat you accordingly, right? Because for us to get along, we have to know one another's triggers. We have to know one another's buttons to not push. Our conversation must have went over their head and out the door. And then they tossed it so far where it was just like, I was just there for the sake of having a conversation with you because they went right back to being their rude, disrespectful, dismissive, disregarding self. Now we have to be in one another's life, you know, because it's family, it's part of family. I will not have a relationship with them. That is it. And I think a big part of the healing journey is, yes, it's one thing to recognize what triggers you what your not strong points may be, like for the fact that I'm a people pleaser, I always want, I'm an empath. But at the same time, I have to, at some point in time, take control of what I want to change about my life and actually start changing it. And some people will never get to that stage in life. They don't care or they don't see it or they don't want to see it. You just kind of have to have a distance because of something else my therapist taught me is that you can't just write everyone off that you don't get along with in your life. Some people you're just going to have to learn to suck it up and get along with them to a certain degree because you will, it might be required for you to have a relationship with them. If that person's going to be in your life forever, then some degree you will have to learn to communicate with them. You know what? It's funny that you say that because this is the first time I'm actually having to do that because I just cut you off. I just write it off and I'm just like, okay, we'll go back to being strangers because this year I'm not accepting it in my life, not in my space. You know, you can go do that somewhere else where someone else will accept it, but I'm really a peaceful person. I just love situations that are just such a vibe and just so calm, peaceful, and everyone can just kind of, instead of dancing like super hard, just groove with the flow of things can't change people who don't want to learn and who don't want to do better. For me, I can be 60 years old and my two children are grown adults, have significant others, maybe a child or two or whatever. And I could have gone so long being one way. But if my children and my grandchildren correct me and they're just like, wait a minute, mom, that is just not that's just not cool. You think that your way of talking to people is always in a form of disciplining them or telling them what they need to be doing or how they need to be doing it. And they're just as they're grown, got their own life, kids and stuff like that. If my children say like, come on, be you have to now be mindful and respectful. And just because we're young adults, we're still keyword adults. Then I have to check myself, even at 50, 60 years old. I need to check myself if I want a relationship with exactly. that. That's and because thing. you basically teach your kids how they are to be treated. And then later, when your kids may not want a relationship with you, you tend to blame it on the kid. But you're the one who raised them to tolerate everything they were tolerating. I had a game plan and I believed in sticking to a game plan. We needed a game plan for everything. That's how things were always kept organized. I always knew what was going to be the next step ahead of me. But the problem with that in reality is you only have control over so much. Then you start to freak out when you start losing control. But sometimes I just need to do everything I possibly can in the right way to make sure that I've covered all my bases to protect myself. 
but at the same time, just let life unfold a little bit because I've survived everything in life so far, right? I'm a survivor. We're all survivors. But so this thing is not going to be what brings us down. Whatever you're dealing with right now is not going to be your downfall because I know I'm too strong for not having a job to be the one thing that keeps me back from succeeding. I'll continue to apply for jobs. I'll do whatever I need to do. I think having expectations for someone else as opposed to just expectations for myself. Is our own downfalls. Yes. I think it's helped me to understand more my worth and my value. So you're basically saying that, and you're saying your therapist is like, the problem that we face is trying to change people or situations, but that's not our job. Yes. Also, another thing she taught me that was really smart was she was like, I try to force a lot of situations onto myself. I try to message that job to make sure I get that job continuously, force things along, force people to be my friends, be extra nice so people like me. But how has that benefited me in any way? At the end of the day, is that job that I fought for so hard? It's not about fighting for a job. There's a difference between fighting for a job and forcing stuff upon you. We don't have to just take the first option given to us. or we can find creative ways about going around things to get that we want, to get what we want. That makes a lot of sense. So taking your hands off the wheel, that has made a lot of sense for me. At the end of the day, I have two dependents. It's what I teach them that they will build a tolerance level for or not. And so for me, I was going through something and my son, he was around me. I just randomly said to him, and this was in part of what I was going through. So mommy wants to teach you two words. And these are two words that I want you to remember. And the two words is validate and invalidate. And he's only seven years old. And so I said to him, could you just kind of take a guess in what you think the word invalidate means? And his first guess was it means mommy not to be validated. And I said, okay, but now do you know what validate means? And so, of course, he did it. I just gave it to him in very simple, plain terms so that he could understand that in life and even with mommy, if you feel a certain way about a situation, it is not for mommy to say to you, if mommy does something to you that hurts your feelings, it's not for mommy to tell you that your feelings are not hurt. If there was something in your little body that triggered you to feel hurt in any type of way of what mommy said, like, you know, Princeton got a bad report today at school, so he can't have his iPad, that that hurts his feelings because he just wants us to have that conversation in private. So that's just a, a general just example of things that will hurt his feelings. I just needed to have a conversation with him. That's where he's trying to build trust within me. But I'm breaking that trust. If I don't correct that and keep that trust foundation between him and I, then he could grow up to be with someone who overtalks him. I don't care what you have to say. This is what I'm getting ready to go do and say. Or you told me don't say nothing. But I went and said something anyway. And that's a form of disrespect. That's something I had to learn too about like understanding that my emotions actually mattered. And 
if it makes me feel uncomfortable, that is telling me something that we're crossing the line in some sort of my boundaries that I don't appreciate. But the next thing I learned was writing down, thinking about why is this hurting me so much? Is it hurting me because I feel insecure about something? Is it hurting me because it's a trigger from the past? Just because you're killed, it doesn't mean that every day is going to be perfect. There's going to be days where you feel like absolute crap, but kind of force yourself to believe that you've been through everything else in your life and you could continue. But trusting your emotions, trusting your gut, trusting your intuition, I think is very important, especially when you're starting to set boundaries. Because if you feel uncomfortable, then yes, something is wrong there. And you need to figure out what, why you feel uncomfortable and what is wrong. So then you can communicate that properly to other people. Have you at least started your path? Because for every problem, oh, yes. we, have to, we have to have a solution for every problem. Yes. Like I said, for me, my solution to me being a doormat was, okay, time to set boundaries. It's time for Diamond to start speaking up and not no longer second guessing every single thing in my life. I'm definitely on my healing journey. And I definitely think part of it kind of came up because once I started to hit my 30s and I'm like, I'm not happy. I want to be happy. And I think it was my cousin that's like, dude, you're an adult. Like, if you want to be happy, be happy. And I'm like, but what about my parents? What about this? What about she's like, stop worrying about the entire world. You are an adult. You pay your own bills. No one does anything for you. And I have to make certain changes in my life to make sure that I am happy. And yes, those changes are uncomfortable as hell sometimes. And it hurts because you do have to sometimes remove people from your life that you want to be part of your life. But if someone consistently makes you feel bad about yourself, that's a pretty good sign that they don't need to be a consistent part of your life or at least as tight knit as you once used to be. You have to learn to meet people where they're at. And if you've outgrown, if you've really just outgrown where you've used to be and those people are still there and they continue to bring you down, even if they're family, I mean, you look, the situation that I explained a little bit earlier, this particular person will be in my life because we are, in a sense, family. But I just know to the degree of a relationship that I will have with them and that I won't, it will just be extremely casual. Hi, bye, let's talk about the weather, but nothing else. I don't want them in that, that I don't want them that close to me the way that they once were. They have lost my trust. When you lose my trust, then it's really hard to regain. You know, people always say, oh, forgive, forgive, forgive. I think that you should forgive for yourself. Yes. I actually, sorry to cut you off, but I actually watched a TikTok video the other day where the guy talks about loving ourselves, forgiving other people, and forgiving ourselves. We have to learn to more accept what has happened and stop blaming ourselves for situations. But at the time, that was our coping mechanism. That was how we were able to process the process of situation and survive. So like even with my some of my friends that I've had for like 10, 15 years right now, I'm starting to understand that I'm in a position where I want to grow and change as a person. 
they still want to be the same people they were 10, 15 years ago. And I can't change force them to change that. They have to decide that for themselves. So unfortunately, that's kind of part of letting go is understanding that you can't force anyone to change. They have to want to do that all by themselves. Right, right. And unfortunately, those people just find themselves running people away left and right out their lives. And when I forgive, I'm doing it for me so that I can move on, so that I can be peaceful. You know, like I said, I have two little small children to raise. And so mommy needs to be at her highest, vibrating extremely high. I can't be on low vibrational vibes. But then when it comes to you, like, I just don't forget where you've taken me. Exactly. And that you haven't showed me any signs of change and that you're capable of doing it again. And if I already got myself out of it the first time, I would be a fool to allow myself to experience you and what you're about for a second time. So I just rather just let you be and move on. I agree. And maybe we can follow up a little bit more next week about forgiveness and what it actually means because I think so many times we just forgive people but if you have to keep bringing the situation back up we haven't really let go we haven't really forgiven and nothing's been resolved I think we should leave on this tip and that we should pick back up next week on the topic of forgiveness all, all right, right bye bye bye